0: Generally speaking, about the church and love <laughs> podcast episode number ninety eight. Let me Cliff. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the About the Church podcast. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft, and my name is the lovely. EG, we were just talking about some stuff's going to be hitting the fan here today. And it just might be some love. Just might be some love. Heading your way for the GSPN.TV World Headquarters Studios in lovely Hebron, Kentucky. <laughs> you
1: right. know, Hebron. Hebron. This, doesn't it sound like just such a hick town name? It does. It's like... Hebron, Kentucky. You
0: yeah, know, don't don't go Hebron. don't go trying to make it sophisticated. Don't go down to the corner store and say is do you, is this Hebron? 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 <laughs> you can't you can your R's. Hebron. Uh, yeah, you do that. I'll I'll, I'll just say Hebron. <laughs>
1: Hebron, Kentucky. that Hebron. Well, there is my 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 mom grew up in Cleburne, Texas. So that's Texas. Nice. And of course, I grew up in a town that sounds like Florida. No one knows. Florida Floydada was my hometown. So it's yeah. like Floyd, Florida. What?
0: Did you know that that there is a street <clears throat> in um New York City called Houston Street? Houston Houston Street. And that is how you pronounce Instead it. Instead of Houston. If you say Houston, <laughs> they will correct you. <laughs> It is Houston Street.
1: Houston Street. That's hilarious.
0: It is hilarious. Or
1: when you go to Kentucky and you want to go to Versailles, and they're like, Nuh-uh, that's Versailles, Kentucky. I mean, Tiffany and I, when we first moved to Wilmore to go to seminary, we were watching the weather, you know, and we're like, Okay, this is the weather. We're just trying to get a lay of the land, you know, where the towns are and stuff. And they're like, and Versailles is like, I'm looking for Versailles. I can't find it anywhere on the map. That is funny. I was like, Oh, wait, I think they're talking about Versailles. I guess so. Anyway,
0: so uh we are here what? today. Someone's been to Florida, Texas. Really? Oh. Imagine that. Well, whoever that is, I love you. That would be Daryl from Mardell.com.
1: Oh, are you serious, Daryl? Yeah. Daryl, you're rocking. Yeah, man. There's his, a big Mardell store in Lubbock. And his other brother Daryl. And his other brother Daryl. My, <laughs> my other brother Daryl, my other brother Daryl.
0: So anyway, uh I got to see my very first um, um Mardell store recently they're, they're not they're Tuesday. not tiny well okay <laughs> at least the one in Lubbock's not. did i say little
1: no no you said you just my favorite yeah, store
0: yeah I, I got to go see it um mardell actually flew me out for the day to kansas city really? where they opened up their newest uh mardell
1: store well, they made a mistake they should have flown you into lubbock texas
0: <laughs> there you go yeah
1: get on that daryl <laughs> come on Yeah, you know what? Fly me back to Lubbock Tugues. I can say hi to my family. (laughs) There you go. And promote your store. There you go. (laughs) Get that in there. ah that's so funny we'll like we'll shoot a tv ad there like yeah everybody this is
0: mardell store don't promise that because i still have to edit my video blog they're waiting for it (laughs) they didn't ask they didn't ask me to do it but i offered and now i'm like now i'm on the hook i got to get this thing done so if
1: you guys want to buy stuff from mardell.com you would more than happy to do that but please make sure you go through some link of yours
0: or just just go to mardell.com and use the promo code gspn Okay. Four letters: GSPN. In the shopping cart, you get ten percent off. Sweet. Okay. And it also says thank you to them for sponsoring not this podcast, but the family from the part heart, the family from the part, <laughs> the family from the heart podcast over at family from the heart. I love
1: you from the heart of my bottom. There you go. I'm at the bottom of my heart.
0: I don't think they'd offer to sponsor the the about the church podcast. Too much heresy going on over here. Yeah, could be, could, could be. be.
1: But we're showing them lots of love right now. We
0: are showing them lots of love. And 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 too there's too much
1: heresy. <laughs>
0: Too much heresy.
1: <laughs> too much, too much real honest discussion. I don't know if I'm cool with that. Well, today's topic is
0: definitely one I don't know that uh, many people would want to sponsor. Uh, we're going to talk about 14 reasons to stop evangelizing your friends. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, completely, completely uh, unique topic here. Just want to, I just want to throw out um, a little bit of a, acknowledgement here by the way i did not come up with that title and nor did i come up with the 14 reasons to stop evangelizing (laughs) your friends uh in fact i've only looked at like three of them and said wow this would be great for about the church and that's all i've looked at it so far but this this comes from steve mccraney uh who wrote a book mccraney (laughs) sorry i can't (laughs) he actually does a um how he's he's says laughing out loud we can put up with some heresy but not too much (laughs)
1: <laughs> Sweet. Okay. Uh, so maybe that was a tip there. There, there, well, you, go, there you, need you go. you go. Sell that area.
0: Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> so anyway, I'll be
1: extra good, so you won't get in trouble. Thank you. Okay.
0: All right. So here's the situation. <laughs> Way back in the old days of GSPN I started up this podcast called About the Church, and one of the things that I did was I I was really sh- struggling with some areas within the church that. Just didn't seem right to me, and of course, you guys know me. I've I've board, I've been a borderline cynic, and and sometimes in a healthy nature, but sometimes I feel like I've I've gone a little bit too far in being cynical of the church. Uh, but but I'm you know I am working out you know w- what is the role of the church in the lives of Christians. I, I believe in the church, but yet there are some things that I think the church does that I really just don't buy into. So, so it's, it's been a struggle for a long time and back starting with episode number 14, uh, matter of fact, it was episodes 14 through 18 of about the church. Uh, I did a five part series titled why I hate the church. Okay. The lowercase C, not the big C, right? You know, the organization, stuff like that. And, um, let's see here. Anyway. But any yeah so I, I started this out and during that time I was looking up information and I came across this book called Love Jesus Hate Church. In fact, you can find information about Steve McCraney and his message over at lovejesushatechurch.com. Okay. Now, I've not read his book um he sent me a copy of his book. I've not read it though.
1: That's cool. Uh
0: so I have no idea what his overall theme is. But I still I'm on his mailing list. He sent me a copy of his book and um outside of that I know nothing about it, other than it seems to be, you know, similar, you know, he seems to be having a similar message to what I was talking about at the same time as I did the why I hate the church stuff. Gotcha. And um Anyway, I'm on his mailing list, so the other day I I open up my e- email inbox as I normally do, and there's this thing that says reasons to stop evangelizing my friends. All right, okay. And uh, he it, and this is directly from his mailing list. So again, um, you know, please, Steve, don't don't get mad at me. Everybody, go check out his stuff, buy his book, whatever. <laughs> but uh, I'm stealing this, ripping this totally off of his mailing list. Uh, or oh, stealing, it, we're
1: giving him all the credit for it. I
0: know, I know. <laughs> So he's, he writes in his in his newsletter, his email newsletter, he says, years ago, I decided to stop evangelizing my friends. Here are 14 reasons you might consider doing the same. All right. And with that, again, I would like to just say that I've not read all of these, but I'd like to go through them one by one. Did you pull up the show notes, I, DG?
1: Well, I've got them. I found them on his website. so
0: Oh, okay. Oh, they're on his website even.
1: Well, on his blog. Yeah.
0: Okay, great. Yeah, right, I put so, the link to
1: that in the show. In the,
0: you rock, man. You're on top of the things.
1: Chat. I'm here for you check you out See all that right mardell we're good yeah, that's right man <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh, keep going. yeah all right cool so there's like 15 14 reasons
0: 14 reasons so let's go over and the, the first, first two one. are kind of the same yeah they are uh so it makes them feel uncomfortable right all right and number two is it makes you feel uncomfortable
1: exactly would you agree with those statements yeah, definitely, definitely. I um, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, yes, definitely. If I'm trying to evangelize, it's been so long since I've tried to do this. Did that, you ever do this, um, DG? I want to know. You know, that's a good question
0: because you didn't come from the evangelical background that I have, where you know you knock yeah. on people's door and, and and try to stay there until they yeah accept Jesus.
1: Mm-hmm. This is a really good question. You know what? I don't. I guess I haven't. I guess I haven't. No, I guess you're right. Yeah, so, uh, even in college when I was a part of the Baptist Student Union, um, because there was no Wesley Foundation on the campus that I was at Angelo State University, um, go Rams and and uh, <laughs> it's, it's like a really small state school, like only three people would actually understand what that was in the entire world. Um, <laughs> but anyway, and so, I assume it's sports, yeah, yeah, it's just they're, they're the Rams, they're the San Angelo Rams, but anyway. Or the Angel State Rams. But I didn't know uh, if
0: it was like some cheer- <laughs> cheerleading squad or something.
1: <laughs> yeah. Go Rams! Yeah, that's, well, you know, I was on a cheerleading team. I was a cheerleader. No, just check Now, but even when I was a part of the Baptist Student Union, they would actually have go out and evangelize, like, events where, like, literally people would meet at the BSU, BSM, whatever they're calling it now. I don't know what they call it. And uh, the Baptist Student union, st- union or ministries, whatever else. And they would pray. And then when they would just literally just go out into the campus with – with do you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and personal Savior? I mean, that was like their mantra, kind of a thing. And and they were asking me if I wanted to go, and I was like, no. And I'm pretty sure the reason was number one and number two, <laughs> you know. And and but they but they saw, or at least a lot of cases, a lot of people see that as well. You just got to get through that because this is so important that it's not it. It does God doesn't care if you're comfortable with it, and He doesn't even care if they're comfortable with it. It just needs to be done. Right. Kind of mentality. And and I'm going, Well, why couldn't it be done a different way? And well the question you
0: know, is, is is evangelism going out and starting a conversation with do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal savior? Exactly, exactly. So, so, and again, I only pulled the title for this episode based upon the title of what he put in his blog, but I'll question that I don't think it's necessary. I don't, I don't think that there is any good reason to stop evangelizing your friends. It depends, I guess, on how you define evangelizing.
1: Right, exactly. And I think that's, I mean, my assumption is, is that's what we're talking about.
0: You know. I th- I think so. It, it, it would you say the evangelism kind of a broader sense that we can paint the stroke of what it means, um, but still you know understand that there could be a more healthy way of evangelizing exactly. that God would want. But but right. we could broaden this to say the reasons to stop evangelizing. What we're talking about are where you've made people people a project. You right. You know that there that they're an agenda. You've got an agenda to make changes in their lives. Exactly. Yeah. That, that, that you personally have put their name on a list and if you can inject your your faith into a conversation that they will consume and then then it will right. inf- infect their life, then th- does that make sense?
1: Yeah, definitely. And and you know what? I would even have no problems with it. I would have uh, no problems. I would have less problems with it if uh, if people were just being authentic in the midst of that. You know, if they basically just said, "Hey, I would love for you to know Jesus," you know, I, I you know, it, I'm always going to be here, and I'm just going to let you know that there's going to be a lot of times in our conversations that, that it'll, it'll come up. Right. If someone would actually be that open and honest, without like it's the hidden agenda that's yeah. the issue. It's not the agenda. I mean, I have an agenda to love people. Yeah. I mean, I, I'll be honest with people that way, and I have an agenda for people to be able to experience real community. Right. And so I'm going to invite them to be a part of this community. Okay. And, uh, and yes, there's a part of me that would be thrilled if they came to know Christ, but but I don't feel like that that's my burden to bear. Right. That's that's their and Christ's burden, not my burden. Anyway, so, we're, well, I'm kind of jumping but, ahead. We need to go to the next two no, or three no, or four. No,
0: no we'll go to the next two or three or four okay. in just a minute. But uh, the question is, what does it mean when Jesus says, go therefore and make disciples what does right. that mean i mean right. that, that sounds like you know it doesn't mean like it's okay that, that we have that jesus is not interested in us being in a part of that
1: <laughs> yeah yeah now well i and that one i'll go back to what i've always said and 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 that is disciples is not converts disciple is not necessarily meaning ah, convert. okay and i think a lot of people's minds that disciple means convert so basically and, it's not necessarily to go out and
0: convert people to Christianity but once people become open to God's voice calling them then then take them under your wings and help them Right yeah un- so so if you if you the understand faith. the
1: Greek understanding of disciple it means student or pupil or apprentice and so what are you doing to create people that are asking Jesus questions that are desiring to learn what is in the world this dude is saying and living That's what I'm interested in. I I love the whole,
0: you know, you're the salt of the earth kind of discussion in the Bible where it says, you know, what happens when you, basically you live a life in such a way that people thirst for what that life is that you have or that faith that you have. It's not necessarily that you're force feeding people salt, but but people get around you and it's like, wow, I, I want a little bit of what you have, or at least I want to know more about what you have.
1: Right, exactly. So, and to, to answer, um, uh, Aggie, <laughs> that would be John. Okay. To answer John, John says, so DG, it's not your burden to lead others towards Christ. Well, my, my, my ultimate burden is to, is to love Christ with every ounce of who I am and yeah. to love other people. Now, if that creates a bridge for them to be able to see Christ through the, my actions and through my words, yay, let's celebrate, throw a party. Um, but uh, yes, ultimately, my desire is for people to be able to have the community and the relationship that I have with Christ themselves and within a community. But not necessarily—you don't feel the burden for yourself personally to lead that. Correct. Like I'm not—I, you know, if someone wants to know Christ and wants to develop a relationship with Christ, I will do everything I can to encourage that. But I'm not going to force it. Right. And and I think that's the the one issue is is the forcing. Plus, and, and I think this is the second part of what he's talking about there. It says it makes you uncomfortable. Well, I mean, I tell you right now, uh, I know so many United Methodist pastors that are out there. They're being told over and over and over again, the numbers here say that you have not had anybody have professions of faith. You know, I, I mean, uh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, professions of faith, which is basically no one has accepted Christ and been baptized in your church. And so they're, they're just constantly being harassed. How many how many do you have? How many do you have? Are you even doing this? Are you even tempted to do this? What church is this? Well, I'm just saying it's the United Methodist Church because oh, okay. the, a lot of times in the United Methodist Church, that is what our measure of success is, is converts to the faith and then money. <laughs> right. And they're slowly starting to say attendance and worship. But even attendance and worship, is that truly them being a student of Christ or does that make sense? Right. And then, and then it goes into the, then I bring that into the, if you want to bring the whole student analogy in, then I, then I say, well, what kind of classrooms are we providing? Are we providing pure lecture with no tests? <laughs> or are we going to provide a conversational structure uh, for teaching and things like that? Now, don't get me wrong. I think that a part of discipleship, it does include conversion, but I think that is where the baptizing them comes in. And the way that I take that analogy is I just say the baptizing aspect is them declaring a major. Right. So I, I, and then you have a, and then you continue to spend the rest of your life learning and and growing and things like that. So I,
0: I love I love what James just said in the chat room, and and this and and of course there's a conversation going on. You know, uh, Robert, my prayer partner for the last you know 55 years of my life. Um, <laughs> just kidding, uh, but Robert's been my prayer partner for for many 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 years, and he said that you know it, it's it's the Holy Spirit who leads someone to Christ. Yeah, and James says you know or John or somebody says. Um, you know it it's um somebody in the chat room said more than that he reveals christ you know the holy spirit reveals christ to people right. and then i love what james uh in our chat room said he wrote in the chat room he says jesus himself said to peter now of course the scene here is peter uh is talking with jesus and and th- jesus is asking people who do you say that i am and peter right. says you are the christ son of the living god right and and jesus himself says to peter um that man has not revealed this to you, this truth to you, but the Holy Spirit has revealed this to you
1: yeah, yeah,
0: and so absolutely i i I would agree with that statement is 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 do we have a desire to see people come to Christ? Yes, yeah I, do we have a, a desire to make that happen? No <laughs> if God uses us in the process, i 'm all for it. Well, I hope so. Yeah, <laughs> but, but, but it, I, I want that to be initiated by the Holy Spirit right. and led by the Holy Spirit and not by me and the evangelizing training course that I would participate in. Yeah, if you don't mind, I want to pause for just one second. Okay. Because I'm going to see if I have this book sitting over here. I have a book called Personal Evangelism. If it's on this shelf, I want to read a poem to you that made oh, okay. me as guilty as all get out about evangelizing people. Really? Yeah. One second. Okay. Okay. So we're back. I can't find it. Oh, that's okay. I know. I, uh, anyway, it, it, there's this book that I had, and, and it was called Personal Evangelism. And I, I'm almost positive the title of this poem was um, A Voice from Hell and this poem was was all about you know um i'm i i wish you would have you know been more forward i wish you would have told me if i would have known this guy i mean i i wish you would have you know, I wish you would have evangelized me, basically. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and now do whatever you can to tell everybody else, you know. Oh, okay, I got ha- you. It, it, oh, because ha- he
1: was in hell? Yes, I yes. Got you. So it's basically the the, uh, the image that we see of, uh, oh, what's in the Bible where the one guy's like, could oh, you please oh, put oh, your wait, finger on they got it, they got it. Hold
0: on. Who, put, who, who pasted this?
1: I don't know who over there is James.
0: Okay, I, I think, yes, yes, yes. Okay, thank you so much, James. All right, so listen to this. You lived next door to me for years. We shared our dreams, our joys and tears. A friend to me you were indeed a friend who helped me when in need. My faith in you was so strong and sure, we had such trust as should endure. No spats between us ever rose, our friends were like and so our foes. What <laughs> sadness my what sadness then my friend defined that after all you weren't so kind. The oh day my, my life on earth did end, I found you weren't a faithful friend. Oh my gosh. I'm tell, this is I I internalized this DG Wow. For all my years we spent on earth, you never talked of a second birth. You never spoke of my lost soul wow. and of the Christ Ugh. who'd make me whole. I plead today from hell's cruel fire that you tell that and tell you now my la- least. My least desire. You cannot do a thing for me. No words today my bonds will free. But do not err, my friend, again. Do all you can for souls of men. Plead with them now quite earnestly, lest they be cast into hell with me. Wow. Yeah. Man. I internalized this, my friend. And,
1: and of course, I mean, that's just. That's this was ooze- a part of
0: my ev- personal evangelism Training. And what's
1: the name of this one? Uh, how to make you guilty? Yes. It's like yeah. guilt 101. Christian guilt one hundred and one. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible rhymes. But I could have made it at least <laughs> a decent poem. Yeah, no doubt. so
0: But but yeah, I mean, this is oh my, my back. That is my background. Wow, wow, wow. wow. When when I think of that this is how I used to feel.
1: Right. Sure. About
0: evangelizing people, it, yeah. it's my responsibility. If I don't. What if I don't speak up? What if I don't share my faith? What if I don't right. you know, take this opportunity? Right, because, to, because, because
1: everyone else's salvation is hinged upon you. That's how I felt. Right, but is that biblically true no. at all in any stretch of the imagination? No, and not not necessarily. That's not
0: how I felt. That that exact statement wasn't exactly how I felt. Right, but and it moved but you. The, but, it, but the question is, you know, th- you, we can talk all we want about, oh, let's just build relationship and share our life. But you know, but there was real things like right, okay, right. there's here's an opportunity to in to per, opportunity for me to inject my story of my faith and try to get them to convert because I don't know if I'll ever see this person again, or let's just say there's the potential. But what if they get hit by a bus tonight and die? Exactly. Did yeah. I do all I could do? Right.
1: And so you're in the funeral going. <laughs> you know
0: exactly. It's all my
1: fault. Exactly. On what? <laughs> D-
0: James thank you first of all for yeah, for for, for putting that in because I I need I wanted to share that that right. that is That's, that was wow. my mind my mindset is not that anymore.
1: Right. Right. It,
0: it it's taken me a long time to get beyond that. Sure.
1: Well, and, and uh, a friend of mine named Josh, uh Jello Boy, I think you know Jello Boy. Yeah. Uh, he said one thing that immediately turns me off of people is them forcing me to believe what they want. And he said respect my beliefs. And so that's living proof. I I I'm pretty positive that Josh is not a Christian. so that's living proof that he's know living into number one, going, Yeah, you make me uncomfortable Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and and now I'm gonna even question if we're truly friends. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, no, I'm not talking about him and me. No, I'm no, no, about no. Like, yeah, no. You no, know, that's the idea is if, if all you care about you don't really care about me, I know you think you're caring about me, but if you're not gonna take the time to listen to know who I am and where I've come from and what my beliefs might be, then what gives me the right to ever what would you say, DG? Huh? I'm just kidding. Oh.
0: I was acting like I wasn't ever listening to you. I know, I know. Meow. Hey, Bob. Meow. Tess says earlier in the chat room, I just went back and found it. Uh, she says, it was listening to DG and Cliff on About the Church that made me want to go to a local alpha course and want to get to know God, which ultimately led me to faith. You see, it, and and we did not have an agenda, you know, talking with uh, with Tess. Now, did I ever did I have a genuine desire, and and did I ever pray that Tess would one day um, come to find faith in Christ and have a personal relationship with Him? Absolutely, right? Yeah, I, I I did pray for that, but I never made that an object of of my daily routine of what I could do to make that happen. It is never. Right. I didn't put it on, you know. I, I always go back to this. I, I apologize, I, but the eight for eight list, you know, the eight no eight, you know, the, oh, yeah, yeah. the you know, write down eight people's names, put it in your wallet. And was keep that it.
1: really something you had, like they, recently? So literally two thousand eight. Yeah, mean, last year. Last year it was, it was
0: an entire sermon. Wow, yeah. <clears throat> you're eight no eight. Yeah, and, and which, by the way, I love my I love my church. Don't get me wrong, I love it, right, but sure, but sure, sure. still, there are some things that I just. I, there, even in my own church right now, there are occasionally, and, and trust me, it's very few and far between. But there are occasionally things I just don't buy into. And eight, my, I did not make a list of eight and oh 08 that I put in my pocket. Right. I all, and I'll be honest with you, I borderline felt guilty about it.
1: Right. Oh, but yeah. I got over my guilt sure. and just
0: moved forward.
1: Sure, I and mean, that makes sense. I was actually, uh, I went to, I did a funeral for a guy at the at the Florence Church. I guess this is Monday. And I rode with the guy from the funeral home. It's not uncommon for the pastor to actually ride in the hearse or ride in the funeral home car. In this case, the uh, the guy was cremated, but but I was driving down with this guy, and through our conversation, he he basically said, "I'm a Latter Day Saint. I'm a I'm a Mormon." Right. And he actually used Mormon instead of LDS, which I was like, "That's unusual." Some guy actually just coming right out and saying Mormon because typically they've wanted to shift their image to LDS to Latter, Latter- Day Saints instead of Mormon. And, um, and you know, and he was just telling me story upon story upon story of these pastors that ride with him going to funerals and basically saying, your soul is at risk. You need to turn. How dare you? You know? And it was, they never spent the time to get to know him. Like, you know, and I was asking me, where'd you do your mission at? Oh, I went to California. Well, tell me about that experience. You know, it's just like, no one really cared about the guy enough to even talk to him. But I guarantee you, there were there were at least two people that came to this guy's door, and they mm-hmm. cared, and they had a name badge on that said "Elder Something." You know, it's like the the Mormon Church, the LDS, sent people to his house just to care, they, just to listen. And yes, yeah. they have the propaganda of being able to to you know want to convert them to Mormonism, but but I mean, here is a guy who has already been through his his uh, his mission, and. He's just living his life. He works at a funeral home. Uh, he spent a lot of his time working in a, a smelting factory for aluminum. I mean, I just, you know, I know all this stuff because I got to know him a little bit. But he was just telling me story upon story upon story about pastors trying to convert him. And he would say, you know, as soon as I drop him off, they would be able to, you know, they would say, you better realize this before you die. I mean, it was just, I just, I was so blown away. By that, and I think it was it was obvious that, you know, I was a little bit of a breath of fresh air. Yeah. You know, with with riding with him. You know. Anyway, that's another just what, another story of uncomfortableness.
0: Absolutely. Um so Tess in the chat room, she says, if you guys would have harassed me to accept Jesus when I was writing to thee about the church, I would have never stuck around long enough to see the love of God in you. Uh, James from Tennessee says, I think we have a responsibility to share, though not necessarily to convert and um and and that the question is what does sharing mean and what does sharing look like um and you talked about the the Latter-day Saints and how, you know, how, what what is it that got this guy to accept their message versus, you know, the message of, you know, you're going to turn and you're eternally going to be condemned and and there's right. no relationship at all. They didn't show up at his door. They didn't right. go out of their way to make a relationship with him. And I think the church could could learn a little bit from from Gary Vaynerchuk. <laughs> all right? <laughs> I know, I know, people are going to get so sick of hearing me talk about crush it. Chapter nine. Can you read, <laughs> DJ? You, you haven't read this book yet, right? I have not. No. I'm, you're gonna, you're gonna commit plagiarism right now because we are going to. <laughs> I'm gonna read. You're gonna read the, the entire, entire chapter, chapter.
1: chapter. Have you nine. heard this yet? Well, I'm seeing it right. Before. Well, well, what, well. First of all, what's the title? Okay, of it? it says nine. The best marketing strategy ever is the title of the chapter. Here's the chapter, and it says care with it circled four or five. Oh, well, I I circle it. Just it. says care. Period. Got any questions? Email me.
0: Yeah, but but yeah, but the, the best marketing strategy ever is care.
1: Be, care enough and to be a friend. You know what's so funny about Gary? What is he comes across as being a complete just jerk. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but it's because I th- i think it's just because he's from the North. Like he's I, definitely I th- Northern. He,
0: he's definitely a Jersey guy that yeah, has exactly. that Jersey. I'm like, uh, you know?
1: Yeah. And so it's just like, it's so funny to be able to see him. Like I remember w- watching, uh, w- what does he do? Wine library TV yeah. or something like that. Yeah. And I was watching him. He's like, oh, I know I see people in the chat room. They're wanting headbands or t-shirts. He's like, fine. We'll just, we'll give out two or three t-shirts. Okay. Yeah. Uh, for the first person to type in wine, you know and it was just like gut wrenching like oh i've got to give away a t-shirt but he's caring in the midst of that yeah yeah and and then, yeah so it's it's so funny that you know that his book is like care
0: yeah yeah oh it, it's a it's great like, book it's, it's like, a great book
1: sunshine muffin at the starbucks you know but i th- i think i think I, I think that it's it
0: that um our responsibility is the care Right. Does yeah. that make sense? Uh, so, well, so, and, and well, I, think, I
1: mean, he's just trying to quote Christ when Christ said, love God with every ounce of who you are and love your neighbor as yourself. I right. Mean, Christ put it as love, which is even deeper than caring. Right. So if you actually truly honestly care for somebody, Christ is saying, take it up a notch and start loving people.
0: Yeah. So, so, so the perfect stranger, the greatest commandment is not go make disciples or go convert people or, or right. not anything. like The greatest commandment, love God and love other people. Right. And, and if you love that- other people, you're going to build a relationship and yeah. and and you're sharing uh, your faith is going to be shared. In whatever way. Exactly. In fact, you, what? Who was it that said? You know, do what? You know, share the fi- word of God, You know, share your faith in whatever means. And if by if by means you have to use words, do so.
1: Preach the gospel, and if you if yeah and yeah use, use words. Who said that? Uh, it's uh, uh, Martin Luther. Or no no I, no uh, monk with animals. <laughs> monk with the animals? Oh gosh, <laughs> I can't believe Saint Francis of Assisi. Okay. okay. Oh my gosh. You put me on the spot, and I was like, I've got to know St. Francis. (laughs) (laughs) I love St. Francis.
0: All right. So let's go back and and talk about, you know, we need at least 12 more reasons why we should stop evangelizing. There's more? There's more. But wait, (laughs) you get this free carrying case. (laughs) <laughs> and a set of Kinsu knives.
1: <laughs>
0: and Make if it, you use promo hey, code ma- GSPN <laughs> at Mardell.com today,
1: man, if Mardell sold Shun knives, I'd be all over that GSPN discount, baby. That is awesome. <laughs> uh, number 3, it makes you
0: think about how to twist every conversation to Jesus rather than seeing how Jesus is is already there. Yeah. Wow. That yeah.
1: that's a that is a statement. It, it, yes, it, it had a period at the end. It did. And it started to win. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's uh that's exactly what's been kind of that's one of the aspects of the emerging church that I've really appreciated is the fact that uh quit trying to create the kingdom. You realize that the kingdom is busting out all over the place, you just need to get on board. The kingdom of God is
0: here. The kingdom of
1: God is upon us. Right, it's busting out all over the place. Why don't you just join into that instead of trying to create it? And I think that's a difference between this, you know, allow, allow God to work in somebody's heart and somebody's life by you just loving them. And and if you love them enough, you'll see God speaking to them.
0: You'll, right. you'll see the areas where God is working already. Right. I think it's kind of weird, you know, looking back at all the times when I was quote unquote evangelizing in that way. It's, it's amazing how many times I, I was trying to introduce God to my friends Sure. As if God never knew them before, yeah, exactly. you know?
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, and it's one of those things where it's just like, if you truly, honestly love somebody and truly care about them, there, there's going to be some time in their life, and it might be 20 years. I mean, that's the, that's the other thing. <laughs> yeah. It might be 20 years in the making, but sooner or later, someone's going to have to be able to make a response to that love. Right. Period. And, and and that's the thing I really love about, I love about my God, and I believe our God, is that he allows you to be able to say yes or no. He's not going to force you to say yes. Right. And And that is the beauty that I find in Christ. That's the beauty I find in the Trinity is the fact that here is a God who earnestly loves people, who cares nothing but the best for them, And he allows you to be able to make a a rational, logical decision or an emotional decision. He'll allow whatever that decision is. He'll allow that decision to be made and then desire to be able to continue to be in a relationship, continue to walk down life uh, with us in community as well as individually.
0: Absolutely. And, and number four is something I think it leads us to what we've already kind of covered in our conversation. Uh, reason number four, it makes you believe that you're bringing God to them rather than seeing how, how the Holy Spirit has already been active in their lives. Yeah, sure. A, very similar to what we've already discussed.
1: Mm-hmm. Number five, you want to read number five? Sure. It pressures you into showing an unrelatable, happy, plastic face rather than letting God's grace shine through your struggles. Absolutely. So Christians in in general have this mentality and you see this I see this in churches all over the place that they just put up a facade that if you have Jesus then that means that you are good you are nothing's wrong anymore because you've got Jesus everything is happy hunky dory and and it doesn't allow everyone to actually be able to be honest and drop all the facades to be able to say no life is not all great but let's let God work in the midst of of the challenges and the and the crap of our lives, you know. And and oh man, I completely agree with, with the statement.
0: I, I do too. And in fact I recall occasions where I've been told and I've seen other people told that if you would just accept Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, that your marriage would be better. Uh your finances would improve, your your financial situation would improve um, I, I've seen, I, I've seen people told that if you would just pray a little harder, you would be healed of a f- physical illness. Uh, I mean, those kind of things. And, and, uh, it's, it's just like, you know, th- I, I agree it, that th- these are unrelatable, you know, that, you know, being with Jesus equals happiness. Now, that now I will talk about unspeakable joy and, and joy that can't be, you know, uh, uh, what is it? The surpassing... Uh, a peace that surpasses all understanding. There there are those things, but it doesn't always mean things are going to end up being happy for you. Right. You know, yep. they, 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 some of those things are unrealistic. <laughs> all right. So Dale's asking, what's your response to this passage with regard to, uh, let's see here, warning slash attempting to convert people. Uh, Ezekiel 318. When I say unto the wicked, thou shalt surely die and thou givest him not warning. Uh, Nor speakest to warn the wicked men from the wicked way to save his life. The same wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood I will, uh, let's see, will I require from his, from From thine thine hand.
1: hand. Yeah. You know, if, if I see someone who's an alcoholic, I'm going to point out the fact that maybe this is not the best for them. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yep. It's just like it, what that tells me is if you're not willing to be a, a, to be love to everyone that you come in contact with, then, yeah, you, then you're going to be held to you're you're held to a higher standard of loving other people mm-hmm. and providing a community for them that that would actually say, hey, this is not the best for you. Right. Uh, and I think that that's, you know, that's a that's a very frustrating and that's, and scary to other people, too. I mean, I know a lot of people that would never, ever feel comfortable doing a, a, uh, an intervention, you know, for someone, whether it be spending money or, or sex or alcohol or drugs or whatever else, you know, some form of intervention. But ultimately, that intervention, all it really is is you basically saying, I love you and I care about you and I see that this is going to lead you down something that's going to be bringing you harm. Right. <clears throat> and I don't want to see that harm to be done to you.
0: I agree. I, it, it is that relationship that, and and I think that that naturally happens. It does not have to be forced. It it is. I mean, I, you know, it, it. But if you if you take it to an extreme, you know, you can feel this pressure to to do something today, to do it now, and and I just, you know, I've come to understand that that's not what God wants me to do. He he does not want me to immediately try to convert you to christianity he wants me to love you he wants me to be willing to help you to serve you and right. and and to be there you know to be a, i mean he's going to draw people to himself
1: right and that's and that's the other thing too is just now now james from tennessee says but in saying that you must convey jesus and i, and I think that's the other thing that i think a lot of people i don't, i think that we don't give the holy spirit enough credit either either we are assuming that the Holy Spirit's not at work <laughs> or we don't give the Holy Spirit enough credit because I'm a good Wesleyan. I believe that that grace was going way before that prevenient grace, prevenient grace that goes way before the conversion time that woos people and, and says, you know, it's almost like a little bit of a conscience before you get a Christian conscience that says, I love you. I desire a relationship with you or Hey, hang out with those people. They're good, you know, or something like that. And, and, in, it's been in my in my experience, there have been several times where people know that I'm a Christian up front, but it's never brought up again. And the only time it's ever brought up is because they bring it up to me. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you know, passing conversation. Yeah, I'm a Christian. I'm you know, and in my case, I'd say, yeah, I'm a pastor. I'm or in that time, that time, I'm, yeah, I'm a, I'm in seminary. But it wasn't. It, I, I didn't have to do anything. Then I just basically kind of talked to them about how much I love fly fishing or how much I love food or how much I love reading tech magazines or photography or something else like that. And then over the course and the time of that relationship, I have a feeling that the feces will hit the fan, not love in this case, but the mm-hmm. feces will hit the fan in their life and they will realize that they have someone who actually cares about them and loves them. That is a. And they will bring up Jesus. You won't even have to bring up Jesus.
0: Well, that is a perfect transition to. And I know you didn't see it because you were talking just when he typed it. He says, What about this? Um, A man. uh, He says, You know, what if we use the old Baptist illustration and infuse it with, you know, just love people? And he says, A man has fallen over the side of a boat and is drifting away from the boat in a stormy sea. You are holding the life preserver in your hand and you shout out to him, I just want you to know that I love you. What? Okay, but. But here's the deal, okay? So you have the life preserver in your Telling hand. Telling somebody you love them and doing that love is totally Exactly. Yeah. You, you have the in that situation, what do you do? You toss him the life preserver. <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay, but if you're sitting in the boat and both of in the and and everything's hunky dory, you don't sit there and say, "Dude, you need this life preserver." <laughs> dude, you have to have this life if preserver. You're like, you're like looking
1: around, like, "What are you talking about?" There's it's not even raining right I now. I know,
0: dude. We haven't even we're we're in the boat and we're docked on dry yeah, land. The
1: you only need the the, the the only way that story would actually be good and powerful for me is if you were in the water as well and you were the only one that had one single life preserver and you give it to him and you give it to him. Now we're talking Jesus.
0: But but the thing is, isn't that analogy? Can you really give Jesus? the you know you're only jesus to them i mean well i'm just saying risking know. your life I is know. the aspect i was yes about. i understand <laughs> I, dude um <I'm, laughs> hey what can i say i'm i'm one of those guys that, what
1: you mean you were friends and we give each other a hard time what's up with that no
0: <laughs> goodness
1: where's uh is number 14 something about sarcasm
0: i think so <laughs> uh where are we at was that number five i don't even yeah know. That was, so here we are number six it makes you focus on talking rather than listening yeah hey, yeah Because
1: you're just, you
0: know, this is, this is what guys do a lot. But wait, before you say that, I want to just talk, tell you what I'm thinking before you say what you're thinking.
1: (laughs) This is what guys do a lot. They, they, they're part of a conversation, but they don't listen. They just know what they need to say next. And they're patiently waiting for their turn. I've done so, yeah. that before with oh, my dude, wife. Oh, dude, I'm all over
0: that. I, dude, my wife will be talking. I'm all over. And, that. and I'm like, oh my gosh! And and she's talking. She's telling me this story. And, and Stephanie, <laughs> you're not listening, hopefully. Uh, <laughs> but uh, she'll tell me the story. She's telling me this whole entire story. It's something I I know is very important and I should be interested in. Yeah. I'm, hi, McKenna. And, uh, oh, look at you. Oh, doesn't she needs she look, a hug. Doesn't she look like Princess Leia today? She does.
1: She has, like, little mini buns. Oh, you are gorgeous. I get it?
0: Mini buns? Sorry. Mini buns. So, are you okay? No. Do you need daddy for a minute? Okay. Hold on one second, guys. Okay. Well, I can,
1: con- I can continue. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. So, uh, let's see. Look, uh, yeah. So, yeah. Well, I can imagine what your story was going to be, but I think guys do that a lot. Uh, because we're we're always, you know, we're always looking, uh, looking for that next moment that we possibly can be able just to speak, which means we're not really listening. And thank you God for my wife, because she forces me sometimes to listen. But, um, this is actually one of the first things I actually do when I do premarital counseling is I do a speaker listener technique, which is a really common, uh, counseling thing. And basically what it is, is, you know, you basically, there's only one object, only one person, the person that's holding the object can speak. And so that one person says something and the other person says, what I hear you saying, and, you know, they pass it off. What I hear you saying is, and they have to restate it, but not in their own words. And then, and then they say, and then they have to pass it back. And the person says, no, you're still not listening to you're me. Before they listening. say, you finally got it for the first time in 10 years. You got it. And I think that that's, you know, that's all the, that every ounce of that is an aspect of being able to listen. We do that all the time in the podcast. Like we're like, we, Oh, so yep. go ahead finish hurry i know and and, <laughs> and you're saying and i'm actually
0: rehearsing don't forget this I, I, <laughs> what i need to say is as soon as d if dg said oh dg said something, that's interesting and then every now and then i'll start listening to you and it's like oh i forgot what i was gonna say well crap if i wouldn't have just ignored you
1: while you were talking <laughs> how dare you listen to me
0: all right so what's next
1: all right so anyway you were you were going to talk about
0: No, I, that was pretty much it, you know, just, just that I would be actually, Stephanie's telling me a story and I'm rehearsing in my mind how I want to share what I'm going to share next in the conversation. So you got it.
1: So number seven is it leads you to answer questions they aren't asking. (laughs) Yeah, I, I, I've seen that. So rarely do I know of anybody who's actually asking themselves, do I really know Jesus Christ as my Lord and personal savior? If that's the only question you care about getting in then you're not really allowing them to ask the questions. Yeah. And again, here's the, here's the disciple student aspect. Are you allowing them to be able to be a student and to ask questions that, you know, might not be the right answers or give wrong answers? Are you allowing that process to work and to happen? in their relationship with Christ. Right. That just makes sense. To me. So there because you know that you bring that
0: up and that's interesting. Uh, talking about giving answers. Uh, there are times when my son will say, "Hey dad, what's um, you know, what's 6 6 times 7?" And besides the fact that I don't know the answer off the top of my head, uh, you know, because because <laughs> I didn't memorize all those things when I was oh, a kid. Poor Cliff. I okay. know it's really bad. <laughs> Um, I'm just glad you're not in the
1: insurance company cuz there's some numbers
0: in that. Well, I had a calculator. Okay, you're good. Okay. But uh, anyway, <laughs> the the thing is there are oftentimes my son will come to me or my all my kids, uh, they'll come to me and they'll say, "Hey dad, what's this?" And I'm like, "Are you working on your homework? Yeah. Figure it out." Right. You, you know, it, it, it some of some of the some of the um pride in in and and ownership of the things that you learn in life are thank thank you very much dale he's he's he's, he's given me the answer dude
1: it's not just the answer it is the answer to all things
0: 42 42 <laughs> <laughs> nice the answer is oh uh, jello you got it so, i got it right before you put it up. <laughs> so anyway um what was the but anyway i i'll, I'll You're it to work it out you, yeah. you, you allow people to allow people to come to the answer sometimes by providing someone the answer they no longer desire they no longer have any interest in the answer does that
1: make sense yeah and that's and that is that is exactly what uh, the point I'm trying to make to a lot of Christians nowadays is if it's just a sermon then no one's really learning because everyone's being force-fed the answer and they think okay that's the answer and then when somebody who doesn't uh, believe what they believe starts asking questions and their answer is uh well this is the answer this is it instead of saying I don't they've we've never provided classroom settings. Yeah. Well, I say that. I think at one point in time we did. We actually called it Sunday school for yep. a reason uh, because it allowed people to ask questions and things like that, but and that used to be the highest uh, attended part of church. It used wasn't to in, be. It wasn't it wasn't until like, you know, maybe maybe 100 years or maybe a little bit less than that that it did it switch to the worship service being the greatest. Anyway, that's going off the subject. So. Yep. Number...
0: Hole. Number eight, it makes you think about what to say rather than how to love. Yeah. It is, I'll tell you what, it is a whole lot easier to say things, even though it might make them uncomfortable, and even though it might make me uncomfortable, it is sometimes... A, well, it, it's a lot easier at times for me to tell you about Jesus than to express the love of Christ right. to you.
1: And And how to love... Does include saying.
0: Yes, it does. Yeah, let's but it not in, ignore that. But it
1: includes a saying that is caring about the other person, that is, that they are the main focus, not you trying to convert them, not you, not the conversion is the focus, but they are the focus. Right. So. All right, so I realize we're getting shorter on time. We put a pause in there too, though. Yeah,
0: yeah, we're we're good to go. We're forty-seven minutes.
1: Okay, so um, what number are we on? Let's see here. It makes you think faith is a list of statements rather than a different way of living. I will tell you
0: that you know the statement of faith has been something that I believe in. I I love the list of statements, but I agree with you that I've gone to the extreme that you know being a Christian equals. These things, you know, you believe these things, right? When believing those things, not it's not just belief in those things. Right. I believe that God, the father, you know, the son, Jesus Christ is his son, the Holy spirit is the third person, of the Trinity, blah, 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 blah. I mean, there, yeah, just there's a affirmation. Satan yeah. believes a whole lot of that stuff. Well, yeah, yeah you sure. know, and so it, it's not just a list of statements and it's not just convincing people that those statements are true, right? That will, will have them become a Christian.
1: Right. And that's, and that's why a lot of times I want to apologize to all my friends that have been tried to be evangelized to, I have to apologize a lot of times for the church because of that, because they're, they're hearing that you make these statements that Christ is love, that I'm desiring to be a Christian, which is basically just saying a little Christ. And yet, wait a second, (laughs) if Christ is all about love, then why do I have all of this judgment, feels like judgment and hate and, Mm -hmm. and, 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 and things like that. So, yeah, but that that way of living has got to. We've got to start providing ways for allowing Christians to real, to realize that just saying it isn't enough. I mean, that's that's part of it, and to do it in public is is beautiful and part of it. But you've got to back that up with your actions, right? With your life, you've got to back it up with your life.
0: Number ten. What does that say, DG?
1: Uh, it puts you into the role of quote teacher, causing you to miss things your friends can actually teach you.
0: Amen. Yeah.
1: That's, yeah. That's it. Self explanatory. Yeah,
0: exactly. Right? The, enough said. Number 11, it makes them see you as a religious salesman rather than an apprentice of the master. And my friends, when I was evangelizing people, I was a salesman. Yeah. I'm I, sure I, right. I I'm a I'm a salesman by heart anyway. I right. I that's, that's that's one thing I love to I love to sell. Right. I mean, it, it's something yeah. I love to sell and and I love selling Jesus. You know, <laughs> I, I was I felt like I was pretty good at it.
1: Now, so, now when you start asking for money, I'm, we're going to have a talk, Cliff.
0: OK, <laughs>
1: <laughs> 25 cents for i I'm plan. here to
0: sell you an internal life insurance plan
1: <laughs> for two million dollars.
0: <laughs> it's free, except that you have to give your entire life. It was paid for you. <laughs> it was paid for you. <laughs> All the cheesy the COD. <laughs> <laughs> or wait, never mind. Pod paid, paid on, on death. death. Paid on death. All right, so um, let's see here. Eleven. It makes them see. Oh, we know we did that. So you're doing number twelve.
1: Uh, twelve. It hurts your friendship. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. It, I, I,
0: I. Well, yeah. Doing it the way that, that, that the bad that way. The bad way. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Because you're not caring about community, you're just caring about them being converted.
0: Yeah. And well, matter of fact, and and I will. I've I've said this many times before. Um. Is that there were, I I recognized only after hearing Donald Miller, uh, the guy who wrote Blue Like Jazz, I learned that I had a major problem in my life, that I only extended um, an offer of friendship and relationship to people who validated what I believed or somebody that I felt confident would eventually believe in or validate what I believe.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And if you if I didn't think that that was possible, wow, what an eye opening thing it was for me to learn mm. that I had never mm. reached out and built a friendship with somebody who I didn't believe would accept my faith or validate mm. it. Wow. And and that that was eye opening to me. Yeah. And my life has drastically changed since then.
1: Yeah. It's it's almost like a, a religious way of just giving up on people like, oh, well, they've said No. And uh, since they said no, and they're so adamant about it, I'm going to move on to where the fields are more ripe. Pretty much. And I'm going, whoa.
0: I, it, it's not a healthy place. Yeah. And and, and I was there. Yeah. It, wow. wow. And I'm, I'm not happy of it, but, it, but it, it it is one of the reasons why I stopped evangelizing my friends, at least evangelizing in that term. Right. right, right. Yeah. All right. So um, it 13. robs. Yeah. 13. It robs you of a good time. Yeah, I can see that. What kind of good time? Kind of good time about. About You're sitting down there at the brass, well, um, you know. Well,
1: hello, Tiger Woods. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> you had to bring him up, didn't you? <laughs> well, you know, I figured if we're going to jump in, at all, if all the other media has to jump in there, they can ignore all the really important news of the world. We'll just throw. Up Tiger you know what? Woods I the- don't watch any news. Yeah, I, well, I don't. I don't watch any news
0: at all. Yeah. And I hear Tiger Woods. And the all only the time. thing
1: you'll be surprised is if it snows. <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> anyway
1: you're like oh there was yeah, you know, okay that makes sense
0: i was i was gonna joke around that that i was gonna start a new podcast called this week in tiger i <laughs> might as well and right? people were
1: like uh isn't tiger a previous model of apple <laughs> 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 nice you're like we need to do he just needs to change his name to leopard and everyone will <laughs> like him more there
0: you go <laughs> snow leopard snow
1: leopard yeah that's true no, I, yeah, it does rob you of a good time. I mean, why can't you just enjoy being in the presence of other human beings? Yes. Uh, Without- whether they're, whether they're a Christian or not, why can't you just enjoy the fact that maybe the spirit's there? Maybe the, maybe the spirit's already loving them and caring for them, working their lives. And it, why can't you just you know, it's kind of like a friendship.
0: It's kind of like, you know, hanging out in the chat room, you know, it's like, why can't I just, you know, enjoy having a great conversation with a bunch of people without without the need to even think, you know, I wonder if this is going to lead to them becoming a plus member, you know, it's, it's like th- that would be the similar. It would be a similar thing. I'm only I'm only building a relationship with you so that I'm going to get something in return. It's like no, just yeah. hang out and and just a, and just be with one another you know, hopefully, the things that I'm doing will be of benefit to them. But I I recognize the value that they bring to me, mm-hmm. and 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 dude, that that's the thing that I'm learning. You know, I, matter of fact, um, you know, I, I've shared a million times. Chef Mark is one of my best friends, right? And I cannot begin to tell you how valuable his friendship was to me in the in the formation of my business. He was one of those people who consistently. Cool. Gave me a ton of valuable business advice.
1: Yeah, cool.
0: And 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 definitely not a Christian, right? So exactly, yeah. you know, and, and 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 so yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, that's,
1: and that's going back to the same thing. It's just like you could miss all the things your friends could teach you. Yeah, you know, exactly. Same kind of idea. So fourteen. Read the last one there. It makes you think their lack of interest in your evangelism means that they are not interested in Jesus or spiritual questions,
0: which may not be true. <laughs> May just mean that you got a terrible sales pitch.
1: <laughs> well, wow, it's funny. yeah, but I mean I, I think you're doing a lot more harm than good uh, in your in your friendship and their ability to be able to understand who Jesus is uh, without you getting in the way. I mean there, I mean there's just a lot of crap that occurs uh, when you have this hidden agenda um, in a lot of cases. And even if this even if it's not a hidden agenda, because you're making it very unhidden when you do these kinds of, of ways of being evangelism, and it's just, uh, it's just, I believe it's not as effective at all in the world we live in today. And I would love for Christians to wake up <laughs> and to realize that this list is not a bad list, and to work through that. So.
0: Right, absolutely. And 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 I just want to do, I do want to say here at the end of the show, I do believe, it, and I have a desire to share my faith. I'm not afraid. Sure. To speak of Jesus Christ as as someone who has provided me eternal life through his death on the cross. And that I have confessed, you know, you know, my my understanding of my separation of God through sin. I've repented and I have I, I have decided to follow Him and devote my life to Him. Yeah. I, I am yeah. not ashamed of that. No, I hope not. And if that naturally can come up in a conversation where I believe it's God inspired or at least initiated by my friends who I love and care for, then by golly, I will speak it. Yeah. But I've 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 no longer felt like if I don't speak it and they die and go to hell, then I'm going to get a letter like that.
1: Right. And I want to encourage the Christians that are out there. If you really if you want to get serious about doing something differently like this. Then just find whatever niche you love to do, whether it's cross-stitching, tech, new media, Twitter, I don't care whatever it is. Find something you love to do and find a community that loves to do that too and just be friends. Just enjoy the community. Have some fun with people you've never met and, and then go in there with being a listener and a learner. I have a feeling you'll probably be able to show Christ's love more effectively anyway.
0: I agree, and 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 Christ will be seen through you. Yeah. as long as you, well, as long as you have a relationship with Him. It's, it, you know, he, you know, we have a ton of, of shows that I do where people, you know, where Stephanie's not a, a part of that show. Right. You know, Stephanie's on Family from the Heart with me, and she's well, I think, and, and a couple TV show podcasts. But there are podcasts that people listen to. They've never heard Stephanie in the podcast that I produce. But they certainly know that I'm married to Stephanie Ravenscraft. And sure. they, they know how much she means to me. And they know the things that she's done for me. Right. Exactly. And they know of my love for her. Yeah. And you know what? I never met. I never went. You know, it's like, okay, it's been 15 episodes since the last time I devoted an episode to talking about my relationship with my wife. Right. Yeah, yeah. I don't do that. Yeah. You know, it's just who I am and, and, and my relationship with my wife comes through. Does that make sense? Yeah, of course. And so does my relationship with Christ. And that's yeah. that's that's my form of evangelizing. Yeah. Loving. Loving people. Loving. Loving. So we told you it was gonna hit the fan. Right there it is. May God richly bless you all. <laughs> if you want to support this content, become a plus member if you want to. You don't have to. But it's if you want to, you can learn more about it. Gspn.tv slash plus and uh, pray for another church in your area. Yep. It's not your own. Praxispodcast.com. Bye. And DG Hollums. Argon52 on adoption.hollums.com. There you go. Yeah, that's it. Throw it all in there. <laughs> Here's the kitchen sink, too. Ding.